The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, the Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome back, everybody. The Owner's Box is back. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, as always, is the great, the talented, the, the fantastic. I've run out of adjectives to describe Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome back. Thanks, Billy. How was your little vacay? Which is not really I a vacay. I mean, it wasn't really a vacay, right? It was just that I had one less thing to do on Tuesdays. <laughs> well, we're actually uh, doing this show on a Wednesday. So uh, we're, we're going to get it out tomorrow. But we before, listen, Michelle and I are going to cover everything in horse racing. We have a lot to go over, including the Breeders' Cup is coming up in a month. We have this big weekend at Keeneland this weekend. We had a big weekend last weekend at Santa Anita. We're going to do it all. But. Before we do that, Michelle, I thought it would be great to just bring in our special guest because he's cool, he's young, he's hip, and it's CJ Johnson. CJ, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are y'all two doing? Oh, we all doing are great. We all are good. Where are you in Texas? Yes, I am the in the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area right now. Yeah, you know, Michelle, Wait. do you find accents like cooler than the way you and I talk? Yes, a thousand right. million trillion percent. Like CJ comes on and he already says y'all and I'm already like, oh, all right, that's cool. I mean, <laughs> I say y'all, but it just doesn't sound as good. No, it doesn't. And then, you know, you talk to like guys around the track like Aiden and Dan Blacker and Simon and they all have those cool little, you know, European accents and stuff. CJ, what? Well, so you oh. grew, you grew yeah. up in Texas. Go ahead. You grew up in Texas, mm -hmm. and, and you grew up, uh, obviously, you know, I, I know you pretty well, and I know you've been around horses for a long time, but just tell us a little bit about kind of your upbringing in the, the horse racing community. Yeah, so um, my father went to uh, Arizona State. He's originally from the Seattle area, and when he was in college, he, uh, he kind of he showed up at a barn and wanted to start grooming horses and learn more about it, so he... Uh, Asked a trainer if he could work for free. Um, and then he fell in love with it at Turf Paradise, blah, blah, blah. Graduated, got a job there in the press box. And then um, him and my mother moved up to Arlington Park where uh, he was in the press box as well. And she uh, was a hot walker. And they lived in the dorms on site. And um, then he got offered the job at Louisiana Downs. And that's where I was actually born, was in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. And then we moved. I thought to, you were going to uh, say at Louisiana Downs, which was a great story. That would have been amazing well, if you were born like in I one mean, of the barns. <laughs> yeah. Some people have heard this already, but I was conceived at Arlington Park. So ah, all right, nice. have that there. that's what I'm talking yeah, about. In, in the dorms, I know, right? Uh, but uh, and then uh, Dad got a job at Remington Park, so we moved to Oklahoma for about five years, and then finally, uh, when Lone Star, you know, was up and going, um, he moved down here and, and got that. Uh, running from the ground up and we've lived here since uh, but basically I grew up you know going to the track all the time um, I got pictures of me when I was about two years old in the Louisiana Downs uh, press box with a form and they let me call training races and and you know all that kind of fun stuff but um, and so I actually then went to the University of Arizona's racetrack industry program for a year and a half and after that year and a half I was kind of just burnt out on it all you know I'd been around it my whole life and I, I kind of thought man I'm going to do do my own thing and do something else and so I transferred to Texas Tech became a history major and uh then basically got sucked back into the game uh, <laughs> and you know worked at Kentucky Downs from 2012 to 2018 and and kind of in the middle of that was when we started doing our uh, our partnerships and and really getting you know some we've, we've always had a couple mares and and a couple runners, um, you know, nothing, nothing that great, but, um, you know, just some little homebreds and, and some cheap ones here and there. And then, uh, yeah, so we finally started getting our partnerships up and running because the Kentucky down thing, you know, I knew that wasn't going to last forever. So, um, 
you know, it's been, it's, it's good to kind of, since I understand the business side of it, the fr- in the front side of it, you know, it, it definitely helped out with um, the horseman side of it. Yeah, uh, that makes, so yeah, that's oh, that makes, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. This is like an amazing story though. I mean, your dad, your dad didn't know anything and he came all the way up to basically, you know, run and uh, own, I don't know if owns the right word, but a track like uh, Kentucky Downs. Let's go back a couple things you said I just want to hit on real quick because I've always been interested in the Arizona racetrack program and and how that works. Can you can you talk a little bit about that because I, I've never I've never been there. I know a lot of people who kind of come out of there, but do they have different parts of the program for what you're like to specialize in a certain part of horse racing? Sure, and and that's kind of one of the things you know. First, you start off with uh, just your basic classes, but. Yeah, there's there's kind of a front side and a back side to it. You know, um, your good buddy Phil Dumato was there when I was there. Um, That's right. He was on the training side of it. Um, and so I was there on the business side of it with like Aaron Bear Cruzy and Jim Mulvihill and, and, you know, some of those guys. Um, but yeah, there is, you know, they separate you. Um, but when I was a freshman, I was taking like senior level classes like equine law and all that kind of stuff. And it was, you know, as an 18 year old kid, I, I, I thought that's what I wanted to do. And then I'm getting, you know, these classes are tough and, and, uh, but I mean, it was, it really was a great experience. And, and I mean, obviously looking back, I wish I would have finished the program, you know, just as a kid, you never know what you want to do. And so, um, luckily I was able to get, you know, some real good hands-on experience and, and kind of, you know, learn my way there. But it was, it was definitely a great starting point for everything. Yeah. Is that, you know, we, I have people and Michelle, I'm sure you get pitched all the time as well of people. Hey, how do I get into the industry? Would you recommend Mm -hmm. checking that out? Is that a, is that a recommendation for you on, on a way to start learning about the different aspects of the industry? It seems pretty logical. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the connections you make there, as we all know in this world today, you know, a big part of, you know, what you can, where you can get a job and all that kind of stuff is, is on your connections and, and making a, an impression on people. And so, you know, between guest speakers, you know, I'll call them field trips. Um, and then they have mentor luncheons, you know, it's a great place. And then also the, um, the accessibility to get internships. Uh, right. Now, if you, you know, if you want to work on the front side, that's a hundred percent the best way to get into it. You know, the backside, you can kind of, if you know people, you can get in and, and get a job at the barn fairly easy. Um, but, it, you know, like I said, that that's I would 100 percent agree to that. And then, you know, uh, Louisville has a good program as well now. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say okay. check that out for sure. They have plenty of info on the Internet and all that kind of stuff. You know, very interesting. C.J. Johnson joining us. Now, what is what is your role currently with C.J. Thoroughbreds? I went on the website, www.cjthoroughbreds.com. I see you have 75,000 horses in your stable. Yes, there's a lot of horses on there. Like, are you in charge of acquisitions? Are you the racing manager? What does the vice president of C.J. Thoroughbreds do? Yeah, I'd say a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. So the the it's basically my father, me. And then uh, our good friend, Mike Renfro, who was a former uh, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, and he owned back in the day. He worked at Lone Star with my dad and, and kind of, you know, the three of us are pretty much, I, I don't want to say, I mean, we kind of all have our individual roles, but we all kind of, you know, do the same stuff. Uh, but I'm kind of, you know, it's, it's two 60-year-old men that work with me, so I handle a lot of the, uh, you know, technology. The social media. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the social media for sure. Um, and then, um, you know, like for example, we, the phase of catalog just came out. Well, I've already downloaded that into a Excel spreadsheet and kind of, you know, started our little short list, which they would, you know, be going through the catalog page by page. And instead I kind of already know what we're looking for. So I'm, you know, getting a list together. Um, and then, <clears throat> you know, simple stuff like the website, I, I know our website isn't too creative, but that's what, you know. Uh, someday I want to get to the point where we're like little red feather and, um, Oh, stop. You know, my father actually gets your emails. No, seriously. He sends me <laughs> and your he emails. Copies and he copies them. Like, he sends them. He sends no them to way. CJ. He's like, why yeah. can't you be more goes, like this guy? Yeah. I'm dead serious. I've got one. He's like, how can we start doing this? And I'm like, well, we can start off by paying someone to do that because I don't have the, uh, you know, the digital marketing skills to do this stuff. I mean, you know, our, our, uh, updates are a little more simple, but, um, yeah, and, and, you know, so it's Mike and I in the office every day. And, and uh, I mean, when you've got this many horses, you know, it started out just Dad and I. And then as soon as we kind of got to about 
15 or so horses, it was like, this is way too much. So we brought Mike on board. And then, um, you know, so we're big on, look, if a horse isn't fitting in a certain spot, we'll move them, you know, so I'll do a lot of research on where I think they fit. And then, um, you know, moving them to a new circuit. And I, I know, you know, out in California, you guys are kind of on an Island out there, but, um, that's one of the nice things about running out here is we, and you know, we, we can put them to where they fit. Um, maybe yeah. they got some pedigree and we don't want to drop them into a claimer. Uh, you know, we want to sell them as a broodmare. So basically we just need to get that win, you know, gotcha. so we'll send them to Texas or, or Oklahoma to try and break that maiden and, and find them a place where they can be useful. And then, um, you know, cause our deal is we buy fillies and, uh, at yearling sales and, you know, hopefully have some pedigree behind them and get some black type and, and then, you know, sell them those broodmare prospects. Well, that, that was going to be one of my follow-up questions. And, and I'm sure Michelle wants to know because she's always interested in you. You mentioned the word shortlist. And obviously we just finished with Keeneland. We just finished with Maryland mm-hmm. and we're talking, you, you know, you just can go through the catalog. And so when you do so, you're looking primarily for fillies, you said, because of the residual value. And are, what types of pedigrees are you looking for? Are you also looking, are you budgeting for yourself? What do you kind of, when you go through that and create your list, what are you looking for? Yeah, so we have a, um, and, you know, as we all know, certain sires are better broodmare sires than others, right? And so we always go, we always look for established sires, you know, we bury, we never buy a freshman sire. I can tell you that much, but why? But like, tell us example, why. Well, that, yeah, that's why? A great, but why not? Well, because, and I understand, you know, freshman sires, you can find an athlete and because it's a freshman sire, you might not pay as much. Well, sometimes, I mean, shoot, we saw some of those this year flying, you know, for a lot of money, but it's, let's, let's put it this way. If I've got, um, uh, let's just, all right, distorted humor Philly and then a, uh, uh, collected Philly. Um, and they do the exact same thing on the racetrack and we try and, and you sell both of them as broodmare prospects, which one's going to go higher more than, I mean, and let's say the size is the same. Everything's the same. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. distorted humor is, well, you better not cut. I hope Brett Jones isn't listening to this. Yeah, I'm sorry, right? Brett. Don't worry, Brett. I supported your stallion at the sales this year. I bought two. I love Brett. Um, that was nothing against him. That was no, just the first just one that popped example. in my head. Okay. Um, you should have said sorry, justify. I, uh, you could have said justify. Yeah, right. They, no, we well, we bought a Colt in partnership with Coolmore this year, so I can't say that either. Um, oh, Wait a second. Wait, stop. Yeah, this is, hold this on. Your whole level is to buy this, fillies, this, yeah. Jay. Now you're pulling our chain. Wait a second. All this, fillies, broodmares, but we bought a Justify Colt with Coolmore. What, what, how does that happen? You know what? Let's stop there. Because uh, I want to know okay. how stuff like that happens. So what's yeah, the ring, ring. Okay. What, yeah, what's the Who phone call? Do you find the horse? You call Coolmore? Do they look, hey, I'm looking for a partner. Like, How does something like that happen? So this deal, first off, one of our partners, he had been in the game for a very long time and he's, and he's kind of starting to get, you know, out of it a little bit. He basically said, look, I want to, I want you guys, I'm going to buy in, you know, on your, on your Philly partnership, but I want to buy some Colts as well. And so we formed a new venture is what we call them. And, um, he gave us, you know, a, a decent chunk of change. We raised a lot more money and he said, all right, let's buy, you know, four to five Colts. And so, kind of outside of our comfort zone but um and and as you know in this game now if you want to buy a colt that is you know gonna do i mean you've got to partner up with people when you have a budget the size of ours and so um we we are uh, we have a lot of horses with wesley ward and so we spoke to wesley and he said yeah i can we can work on a deal i'll introduce you guys to the coolmore guys and um you know we'll get a deal together and so we um we it's again it's a one-off but we ended up buying uh we ended up buying four Colts. Um, we partnered with Coolmore, Spendthrift, and Three Chimneys. And, uh, yeah, wow. so it's so going to get you, interesting. Sorry to interrupt you real quick, but when you bought no, with all this, did, you, did they partner exclusively on horses that they have a stallion interest in, I'm assuming? Um, yeah, like Coolmore, that one was an American Pharaoh. Um, now, the, the other ones, um, so we bought an Into Mischief with three chimneys and then actually spendthrift we bought a tappet but kind of the goal the goal was um you know the the uh into mischief and the tappet those are both going to go to steve asmussen because uh we have a lot of horses with him and that was you know part of the deal we're good friends with um the guys from spendthrift they've treated us great over the years and so um 
you know, we kind of, it was, it's tough because both parties have to match up on the horse. You know, we're not just going to go into something because they like it. We got to like it too. And so it took a while. Um, you know, the tappet that we bought with Spendthrift, that was, uh, later on in the sale hit 1268 and it was, but every day we'd shoot each other over like five or six Colts, you know, we just never really matched up on them. And so, um, but the goal is, you know, like everyone wants to, let's win a graded stakes race at two. And, um, you know, and then when you're partnering up with these, these, um, bigger farms, you know, hopefully that can lead to a, a stallion deal. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, it's so tough you know, with the Colts. I mean, you're, you're going against these mega partnerships that are, you know, spending unbelievable money. And so you really gotta, you really gotta get lucky. I mean, there's no other way to put it You're You, we don't have the money to compete with, you know, the, the Baffert guys and all that kind of stuff. And so you kind of got to find something, but we think we did good. Um, our, uh, our into mischief, he is, uh, he's out of a, uh, here hang on he's he's got a nice little pedigree um well intimitious not a very not a very strong stallion i mean we've never owned one either like ever so this is like a totally new because usually that's way i mean if it's an intimitious and it looks halfway good you can't afford it right you know so for those of you who who are listening for the first time uh intimitious is uh very very strong right michelle yeah yeah and (laughs) and and you know, with, with stallions, I mean, the female family, it, it, if you're going to make a stallion, it's got to be, you know, there's got to be some some useful stallions in that female family, you know. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to. You can make your own page, obviously. But, yeah, this intimate is just a half to gun it. Um, oh, nice. Second dam, drop St. Liam. Um, yeah, he was pretty good. You know, so. Yeah, I'd say so. Get a little pedigree um, power there. Okay, all right, we got that. We yeah, got, we get yeah, it. You're in. Yeah. So you're not some little small time partnership here. And I know. Listen, I've taken care of you for the first like 15 minutes of this conversation, but now we're going to get to it because I know Michelle's chomping at the big go. So CJ, when you said that you started to buy these Colts, now is it the same game plan? You are buying the Colts in this particular venture to race them, to make them stallion prospects instead of broodmare prospects and then to sell them off. That's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, that's part of the deal with, with our, our Philly plan is, you know, we're not, we understand that, you know, if you buy a Colt and you got to retire him, I mean, you, and he's not going to be a stallion, you, you have to pay someone to take him. you know? And so that mm-hmm. was part of the deal with the Phillies was let's have some fun, but let's get some money back. You know, let's, let's not, it's, it's kind of all or nothing when it comes to Colts. You know, right. so we didn't we didn't go as crazy as we do on our Philly deal. Like I said, we bought four and uh, versus seven with the Phillies, but we still have three more to buy. Um, so everyone kind of understands going in. Look, this is this is where, you know, we're either going to hit a home run or we're not going to get any money back. I mean, that's just sure. kind of the way it is. Um, now, so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You said that you um it was a little outside your comfort zone buying Colts because you're used to buying Phillies. So at that point, do you guys still just rely on yourselves when you're buying them at the sales? Or did you have to like bring in a little bit of outside, uh, you know, help like, okay, we're, we're changing our focus now. Yeah, we definitely relied on, um, you know, cool more to kind of help advise us and, and find what they liked. And then the same with Spendthrift, you know, um, we kind of had our list and then they had their list and we, and we matched up and, you know, and then we bought a Nyquist actually um, with Wesley and Ben McElroy helped us buy him, you know? So yeah, we did um, kind of rely on others, you know, their eyes. And, and another thing with this sale is my father got COVID right before it. So he didn't make it out. And usually it's, you know, the three of us and we're herding cats. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, re- we rely on our trainers a lot. Um, you know, we never want to send a horse to a trainer that he didn't like or doesn't like. Um, and so we love it when our trainers will sign off on a horse before we buy it. And, um, so, you know, when the three of us are at the sale and you're looking at 4,000 horses, so, you know, it's not as hard when there's only two of us there. Sure. Um, so we were shorthanded and, uh, yeah. So with the Colts, it definitely, cause I mean, I can, you know, I've, I've got an eye for Phillies and I'm not saying it's a great eye or anything, but I can at least tell you if it's going to be a rat or not. But with the Colts, it, it was, it was totally <laughs> new looking at these. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was, I really, it opened my eyes and I'm like, man, these really are a totally different animal, you know? Sure. Makes a lot of sense. Can you tell us, 
Can you tell us a little bit more about your partnership, CJ? You mentioned it was kind of basically the three of you, um, but it sounds like you do have more partners than, than meets the eye. Are you a public partnership? Uh, how many people are in your partnership? That Can you can you give us some insight? Yeah. That? So we are not a public partnership. We have a very, very good group of friends here in the area, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that um, they love the game. Um, you know, they're, they've got some uh, – some money and they just love being a part of it. And, you know, they've, they've been great. We started in, let's see, 2017 was the first year we bought at the yearling sales. We bought five. And, um, one of those happened to be a multiple graded stakes winner graded grade one place. And so after that, it kind of, you know, I think we only had like five or six guys in that deal and we spent about 600,000 and now it's gotten to the point where, you know, we're spending 1.2 million, um, you know, buy in 10. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, they, we're not, we're, we're very blessed to where we haven't had to just be totally public. Um, you know, and as Billy knows with these things, it's the more partners you have, the more complicated it gets. And, right. um, you know, we've been lucky that our, uh, and I don't know how to say this without kind of bad, but like, you know, our minimums are 50,000. Um, Why is that bad? These guys, Why would that be? Well, sounding bad? I don't want to well, not every partnership has to be a micro partnership. Yeah, I mean this is it's, yeah. listen, yeah. this is this is your this is your model. Any, you know, because... No, no, no. Yeah, this is your I'm, model yeah. and and this is everybody can create their own model. I mean, listen, sure. like Michelle just said, not everybody is doing it for $500 or $100 like my racehorse. I mean, little yeah. red feather is much less than that. I would say our our average investment is far less than $50,000. So I don't think that's anything to be, you know, that that's who you guys are. No, I didn't want to sound. But you guys also yeah, have very different like goals, right? <laughs> Little Red Feather is like primarily a racing syndicate. You guys don't want to really do any of the, the breeding or what, anything. And I think that well, no, 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 while they enjoy the racing, they want to sell for big I money think, at the end. I think we're very similar. I think CJ's, okay. and correct me if I'm wrong, but CJ's plan is to race and then sell for a lot of money. That's exactly what Little Red yeah. Feather does. I mean, sure, we but enjoy it. But when you look at a horse builder, you're not thinking this one has great residual broodmare value, are you? I, I thought you guys really focused more on buying a horse that looks like a racehorse. Well, I think I think you have to do, and CJ, I, I, listen, just because a horse has residual, a great possible residual value doesn't mean they're going to be a good, going to be a good racehorse. Right. So, I think there has to be a combination of both. There's a lot of times where you're going to find a horse like a Raymundo Secret, who's by Treasure Beach, who's actually selling in at Keeneland. She's hit number two, by the way. If anybody wants to know, there's a little advertisement for you. Um, But she won a grade two. We bought her as kind of a racehorse. We made a great deal for her, and we think we're going to make money on this partnership. Taylor made Mm -hmm. selling her, and I think it's going to be great. But so, Michelle, to to your point, I think you always have to look at the way out, right? And I think that's what. CJ was kind of saying now he might focus on that more just because and when the horses like he said without buying a first year stallion or something like that but I think mm-hmm. all of us in this game have to be looking at where that that the end of this uh, uh, partnership or or horse is going to come and we all want to make money off that I think that's the point of this game am I wrong yeah yeah it, no you're 100 no Billy right. the point oh, of the game please. is to have fun geez Louise oh sorry I forgot about that <laughs> yes Oh no, because no, we never is, have fun. I mean, that is, we have the worst that time. That is a big part, and 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 having fun and getting your picture taken is part of the experience. And you know what? It's just it was kind of and like I said, it's it's you know we don't we're not just looking at this as a money burner. You know, we want our guys to get something back. And I'll give you a quick example. We bought a uh, first year we did it. We bought a distorted humor filly, and she her mom ran in the Oaks. You know, was a multiple grade stakes winner. And we paid 200,000 for it. Well, we sent her out to California. It was really tough. You know, we kept getting beat by Bafferts and all this. And then yeah. finally, you know, we weren't going to drop her in a claiming race because as a broodmare, she was worth more than what she would get claimed for. And so um, we brought her to Texas, broke her made in a maiden special weight and sold her Keeneland for $50,000. Now I know we got, you know, 25% of what we paid for, but at least we got something back. And she won one race, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. if it was something with no pedigree, that horse brings $5,000. Sure. Yeah, no, that, that that makes a lot of sense. All right, now I'm, I'm swimming with thoughts like that. <laughs> CJ, I want to just kind of go back real quick, um, talking a little bit about social media, how you were kind of joking that, you know, you've, you've taken over the uh, the social and the, the, you know, the managerial side of that. 
how do you feel like social media has kind of changed horse racing and horse ownership? Um, man, that is a loaded question. So horse racing in general, I think it's put a lot of things to the forefront that a lot of people wouldn't have heard about normally. And it's uh, now look, I, before I really, really, you know, worked in the game. Um, I was a gambler. I qualified for the NHC, the BCBC, you know, I, and so I am friends with a lot of gamblers who do not work in the industry. And, um, and I sympathize with them and some of the stuff that, you know, uh, they gripe about. And I think it's helped change certain things in the wagering aspect. I think we still have a long, long way to go with making the game more player friendly. But, um, you know, I think all of these give them a voice to these tracks that maybe, you know, weren't paying attention previously, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, and I don't want to point anyone out, but a a horse that maybe shouldn't be running, you know, an older horse that then breaks down and then, you know, questions get asked and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, anything, violations, all that kind of stuff. Now, ownership wise, I think it's put, um, it's obviously given people a way to contact, you know, maybe owners or farms that they haven't, you know, that they wouldn't have been able to in the past. Like I've, I've made, I can't even tell you how many friends I've made in, in just from, you know, responding to questions that people might have and, and teach and trying to help. I, I try and help, you know, people that don't understand the game, understand it. Yeah. So, you know, I understand, uh, look, I worked at a racetrack, you know, I know that this game, the, we're not getting any younger, the fans are, you know, um, and I've taken it upon myself to be an ambassador for the sport and try and get, you know, a younger crowd and, and try and get more people to understand things. Cause the more you understand, the more you're going to enjoy it, you know? Um, and so I, and, and I've even got a couple people that have talked to me about joining our partnership. Um, you sure. know, like I said, we're not a public partnership, but I've gotten to know these people well enough and I've met them at the track and I trust them enough to where I would let them in. Um, and, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's well. No, let me stop you. Let me stop you, CJ, yeah, because I think what you've hit on are, are the positives, and I think that's kind of. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's really good. The stuff you're bringing up, and Michelle, great question. I think that you know, obviously, horse chasing Twitter is it goes off the rails sometimes, right? And I think that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's the negative. <laughs> I wish there was a better balance of all the positive stuff that you're talking about with some of the negative stuff. So, can we leave it at that? Is that is that fair, Michelle? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You know, you gotta, you gotta, I, I take it upon myself sometimes to make sure that people understand, you know, I, I will see something negative and it's like, sometimes the, that person's not correct. And in, in a very respectful way, it's like, if I know them, I'll DM them. I'm not going to put it out there in public, but I'll just say, look, man, you know, this is, this is what actually, you know, this was all about or whatever, sure. you know, I I'm think not going to ever go, you know, but I will say this. One of the negative things is, you know, these, um, these PETA like people who like, look, I had silly breakdown at fairgrounds this year and she was like a total sweetheart. I loved her to death. And she was actually a half to Donna Veloce. Wow. She was wow. by Warfront. I mean, it, it was a huge loss, not only to me personally, but to my pocketbook, you know, and I had someone steal the photo that I posted saying, you know, I'm going to miss you after I was crying for hours. And, they said, Oh, you killed this horse. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Stuff yeah, like that. That's, that's the like worst. not even, there's not even, I mean, you, you, first off, you don't know me. You know what I'm saying? These aren't yeah. pieces of meat to me. Like, I, I, I mean, it's part of the game, unfortunately, but like, it happened. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. And yeah. so that, that's one of the really awful things about it is, is those kind of people. Um, Absolutely. You know, sorry to be down. Let's, Go no, ahead. no, no. We'll pick it back up. Uh, Believe I'm me, Michelle. Back, I'm going to go back up. Here we go. This is how we go back up. Uh, right. CJ, I want to. I want you to tell us about your maybe your favorite experience at the racetrack, uh, whether it be watching a race or, you know, watching a horse that you helped be a part of or anything like that. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe yeah. it was a big betting day. Pick six. Yeah. Pick six. I wish I was. Um, man, I. Let's see. Okay, so I had come on, best, like, CJ, had best day ever, just best day ever, <laughs> well, best got, day ever at I've the races. Got a couple. I mean, yeah. Okay, so um, 
let's see. I will have to say, and I know it's only a grade three, but we won the Chaluki two years ago, Sally's Curlin, and um, it was she was part of the first five horses that we bought, you know, in 2017. And I mean, she's a dead closer, um, and now that's at the track. And I was there, and it was one of those where, um, you know, coming into the going around the turn. I raised my hand in the air and started running towards the winner's circle because I knew it was over. You know what I'm saying? But she didn't even get to the lead until like late, but I knew. Right. You know, it was just one of those. Isn't that like, a great feeling? This is over. And it's, and we paid 160 grand for it, you know, and she's a multiple grade three winner and grade one stakes place. And, um, you know, that's one of those. It's just like, the, but that also will spoil you because then you're, you know, your expectations are high. But, um, you know, and, but then, We've, we've got a mare, you know, we've, she, we just retired her this year. We, one year we brought her to Colonel John. She had a colt that R&A at Keelan for 19,000. Uh, I named him after my son. He, uh, goes to Del Mar in his third start and braces maiden. And I, if I'm someone, I think that was like the first year they were doing the jackpot out there and someone nailed it on him for like, you know, 1.2 million or something. And so everyone on TVG is freaking out. And so, you know, this little little guy that wouldn't even get a bid at Keeneland does that for us, and then he went up to Golden Gate and won the Gold Rush as a two-year-old, and um, we sold him for a good amount of money, and he kind of gave us our our real start to actually, you know, throw some money at the game instead of just kind of our little homebreds and buying cheap ones here and there. Oh, um, that's cool. Because that's kind of what we See, done. that's a great story. You picked it back up, yeah. Michelle. I know. Yeah. Well, I, I got to know about the names then. So who gets to name all the horses? Well, we, we, every year when we, um, when we buy them, we send out the pedigrees and I send out the pages to all the partners and we take suggestions. Um, and you know, I, I kinda, like that Michelle suggestions. I, guess I, I, I suggestions. have final say, but yeah, but, well, and that one, you know, uh, someone sends you like a terrible name uh, and they're like, I love this name. That's um, the worst. you know, uh, Skype on the computer at home. Like, and you're like, that sounds <laughs> yeah. like the slowest claiming horse ever. Like, do you say that? You're like, nah, just pass. Or you just ignore yeah. him completely. I, no. He's yeah, nice to his and, clients, his people, his partners. I am very nice. He's, um, have you I heard will, this interview? He's like the nicest guy in the world. He's like, oh, that name's already I, taken. Sorry. Oh, no, I, I checked on the Jockey Club, Michelle. Before, Michelle. I checked on the <laughs> Jockey Club. It's available. And then, the yeah, I've, I've said that. I've also said, uh, uh, what was another one? Uh, that, yeah, I found, well, I and then a lot of times, look, if they're, if it's, Look, I take everyone's suggestions, honestly, but, you know, there's some guys that put more thought into it, more effort into it, and I always get them every year I get suggestions, you know, so I'll make sure that I finally get one. Um, I'm not going to name any names right now, but <laughs> but I, you could probably, if you look through our list, you could probably tell the ones, because I put way too much thought in our names right. personally. I think you guys, um, wait, I mean, wait, Michelle. Forever. Remember, uh, yeah. like Kara Corum, like shouldn't they all just be like CJ's dream, CJ's nightmare, no. CJ's horse? No, CJ's... there's that guy in Indiana that does that. Right. There's uh that guy. Every time I'm watching Indiana, I hear Bill Downs say my name, and I'm like, what? You know? And I look over, <laughs> and it's another one of those CJ's something. Um, all right, CJ. We, no, I think we the have... only horse I had named after myself never made it to the races. My that dad named happens. it after me when I was like. I like Winnie Cooper, by the way. Wait, Michelle, have you ever had a horse um, named after you? Yeah. You, little Michelle. Oh, little Michelle was you? Yeah. I and have... uh, uh, what was that other horse's name? There was another horse like this said my whole name in it. Michelle Yu. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was I love a little that. sheer horse. I can't That's remember its creative. name right now. I love that. But, oh, what was it? Crap. Well, for sure, little Michelle was named after me. Uh, that was Why little? As a horse. Was, the, was the horse little? Everything was little. Everything was little. So they, he did a little Michelle, a little Scotty, and a little oh, Zoe. Oh, okay. For I me, like that. Scott Hazleton and Zoe Cadman. That's so cool. And I oh. like to brag that mine was the best. Of course it was. Oh, and the other, oh, oh, I know the, the other horse's name was For You, Why You, Michelle. For You, Michelle. Oh, that's nice. All right. Well, CJ, you know, keep that in consideration when you're struggling for names that M Michelle would love another name after her. <laughs> uh, we have taken up okay, way too well, much of your time, by the way. And and I, I, I we budget like a half hour for this. This has to be a part is, two, for sure. Yeah, we're going to do a part two. Maybe oh, we we'll have you on, you know, sometime early next year. and We can talk about all the new, uh, the babies that are coming up. But before we let you go, we always like to give a little advice to our listeners as as far as what would be the one bit of advice, the most important thing about getting into horse ownership that you've learned in your 
a long time in this game since you were conceived at Arlington Park? Um, <laughs> I would say, man, that's um, well, do your research. And if you are and start out with a partnership, I mean, do not go to a sale on your own and buy a horse. Do your research. Make sure that you are with people you can trust. We all know that there's lots of people in this game that just want, you know, your money. But there's also a big group of people that are good people and um, you can trust them. But I would say, you know, um, walk before you run. Just get into something, even if it's my racehorse, you know, get into that and and make sure it's you know you ask lots of questions that's the only way you're going to learn anything in this game and there's so many different pieces to it all um and and you know like us i'm always my emails are always open i love answering questions um you know our partners why are we going here why are we running here that kind of stuff and and you know um but yeah i just say do your research and get in with people you can trust and make sure you know what you're getting into first and and don't ever get into it with more money than you're willing to lose I think that's great advice from CJ Johnson joining us here in the owner's box. CJ, we will uh, see you soon. Uh, will you be at Keeneland or will you be at uh, Del Mar this, this uh, for Breeders' Cup? I will, I'll be at Fazig uh, and probably run over to Keeneland if we're running. Uh, I think we have four or so pointed to Keeneland. And then Breeders' Cup, I'm still uh, – we've got the, the timeshare up in Carlsbad, but we're still trying to decide on if we're going or not. So right. I'm kind of 50-50 right now. All right. Well, I owe you a beer for uh, coming on today, so we appreciate it. And best best of luck the rest of the year. And with uh, with uh, the, the upcoming sales, we wish you all the best. Thank you for uh, joining us I today. I appreciate it. All right. That's Thanks, CJ, CJ Johnson, Johnson joining Thank us you. here. Uh, CJ Thoroughbreds joining us here all the way from – Michelle, I love the fact that, that he was – born or conceived at Arlington Park. That was conceived. probably my favorite part. Conceived. All right. You know what, Michelle, we got to take a quick break and then we're going to come right back. Michelle, I don't know if you know this. Billy. Yeah. But both Midnight Storm with Great Escape and Not This Time with Max Time will be represented by horses in this Saturday's Grade 1 Breeders Futurity at Keeneland. Did you know that? I actually did. I saw the PPs were coming out, so that's I know. exciting. Very exciting. Uh, did you know that Midnight Storm had a great September sale, and he had a yearling colt sell for a hundred and thirty thousand at the Calbred sale, and he was an absolute stunner. I heard you bid on that horse. We did. We mm, did. Need a little more money, Not the winning bid, Michelle. But we did here's a question. Tied. Here's a question. Did you know that Not This Time has 10 stakes winners in 2021? Wow. More stakes winners than, let me, ready for this? Warfront, Quality Road, More Than Ready, Street Sense, Twirling Candy, and many more. How about that? That's awesome. Yep. Hey, Not This Time is also the number three sire in North America by three-year-old stakes winners in 2021, only trailing Into Mischief and Curlin. Well, we just talked about Into Mischief, so good for Not This Time. How about check out Instagram and Instilled Regard for the upcoming breeding season. Both stallions were supported very heavily by OXO equine mares, including, ready for this, Michelle? Ready for this list? Breeders' Cup champion Blue Prize, Grade 1 mm. stakes winner Concrete Rose and Indian Miss, dam of recent Grade 1 oh. winner Hot Rod Charlie, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, and Breeders' Cup chimp sprint champion Matoli, along with Grade 1 winner Cambier Park, Maiden, a uh, Maiden, <laughs> multiple graded stakes winner bull recall and many more instagram That's instilled regard midnight storm not this time all standing at taylor made contact travis white at his office 859-885-3345 to get involved all right we're back on the owner's box michelle cj was great that was, was awesome exciting. excellent yeah, job was, that was a cool really guy. nice Welcome back to the show. I, felt I think like. it was too. I think uh, we learned a lot, and I think it's good to have uh, young people into the game, as and especially as I said, uh, people who've been in it for a very long time. In fact, before he was born, I just love that story. I'm sorry, I won't talk about it anymore. All right, Michelle, we have like so much to catch up on. Where where okay, do we even we start? Do you want to do three things think, of note? You want to do what do we want to do? I think that we should kind of just remember the last month that we haven't done the show. <laughs> okay. And talk about our, like, you and I each pick a favorite race result. Okay. Oh, man, that's hard. I hadn't, I wasn't prepared. Do you have one? Why don't you go first? I mean, you know it's going to be <laughs> Medina Spirit. Oh, you me. love Medina. That was awesome. I love Medina Spirit. You do that love Medina That was so for... awesome. Wait, can I, what's with, listen, don't people have, you have, take this whole Baffert Kentucky Derby thing out of the equation. This horse is absolutely 
a freak of nature and special. He's just guts. I mean, he he's unbelievable. Um, all right, I'll I'll do one from. Let you want to talk Breeders' Cup Classic? I went to Parks where we ran second in two stakes. And okay. I was with our good friend, Bill Strauss, who has to be mentioned mm-hmm. on every single show. And I was with the gang for Hot Rod Charlie winning the Pennsylvania Derby. How about that for a memorable race? Yes, that was. Um, and did you not like suck in your breath at the top of the stretch? It's really funny, Michelle, because when you're in the moment, um, you don't you're watching the race and you just kind of. Yeah, you're right. You I, That's a great example. You do. You kind of go <gasps> just like that. Like I kind of went. <gasps> But like everyone's just cheering so hard. Come on, Charlie. Come on, Charlie. Come on, Pratt. Come on, Pratt. And then you're, but like I was kind of behind everybody else and I was watching it on a monitor. So uh-huh. I was, I definitely saw something and I was like, I, I, my, my heart just kind of went, oh no, not again. You know, I can't believe <laughs> That's this. That's pretty much what mine did. And like, it was like but it's <gasps> weird. It's a weird experience, Michelle. And you, you probably have this more than me where I'm, I'm become very good friends with Bill Strauss, who I love, who, who, you know, and, and I just happened to be there because we had two horses running. It's not like I went for Charlie. Right. So I'm not like, and his owner's the great helm and all the, but it's like, I have to kind of stay to the back. Does that make sense? Like I can't, so I can't be involved, like try to say what happened. You know, I was standing right there with like Pratt and Doug, who I both know, but I'm trying not to be, you don't want to be involved because it's not really your horse. You know what I mean? And right. you, you, you kind of got to stay back a little bit. So it was, listen, when it's all said and done, they've got their grade one. Um, good for the connections, obviously. And Anthony Beck and Gainesway, who who will stand ultimately Hot Rod Charlie. I think Charlie's a really, really cool horse. And I think the Breeders' Cup Classic, if you want to talk about a race right now, Michelle, I think that race is coming up like it's going to be really fun. I mean, you have a Central Quality, you have Nick's Go, you have Hot Rod Charlie, you have Medina Spirit. Uh, you have uh, Maxfield. You have uh, the horse to beat Maxfield. What's his name? I like him too. Art Collector. Art Collector. I mean, that's a good race. It might not be like the most star-studded race ever, right? It's not like the uh, when uh, Awesome Again beat Silver Charm and, and in that race when there was all those horses, but it's a really good race. Do you agree? It's a great – yeah. I think it's going to be a great race personally. It's going to be exciting. I think it's cool because I think that's like the race that – this year, a lot of times the classic that isn't necessarily the race everyone's looking forward to, but I think this year, just off the top of my head, it is. How about that? I always think too, it's helpful when we have a strong three-year-old crop, and I feel like our three-year-olds this year are pretty good compared to like the older horses that are around. I would agree. I would agree with That's that nice. wholeheartedly. Um, I had a favorite race at Santa Anita the other day. Oh yeah, Elevado. <laughs> He's so cool. I love him so much. I hope he gets into the Breeders' Cup juvenile turf sprint, but he only brought one as maiden. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Anyway, um, that's that's so self-serving. Anyway, Michelle, so it's Um, been an incredible month of races. I mean, we can go through, uh, I mean, Gamin, there's a million horses to talk about. I think what we probably need to do is just do our- Going to Vegas because- Going to Vegas. What's his name? Golden Sands got his grade one. Yeah. How about that, that winter circle at Santa Anita? Oh, it was awesome. Oh my goodness! I mean, that was a serious, serious winter circle. I, I, you know, uh, when you have Abadanza, which is our good friend Bing Bush, and you have uh, Medallion, who is smaller, and Phil Shelton runs that. Phil's a great guy, and That's great. Uh, and you have then obviously my racehorse. I mean, it was just it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> I like. I think Frank's call said something like, uh, "And finally, making room in the in the winter circle." Right. <laughs> Right, and, good, and Richie Baltus, our, our good friend Richie, finishes one two in that race. Give him, give him a, a, a encouragement. He claimed that horse for fifty thousand, so turned her into a Grade One winner. So congratulations to that whole crew. What else, Michelle? Mo Forza. We love Mo Forza. We had an Ofrio on the show. Um, Pete Miller. Uh, that was Ofrio couldn't be there for it. Yeah. That, ho- that horse is crazy. At the top of the stretch, we literally said, "Ooh." There's Not no way today. he can win. No and way. And then, like, win. I don't know. He How do you run down smooth like straight like that? I don't. I don't know. I, he's crazy. I think all Michelle. I'm going to make a, a comment that I think all three of those horses, Mo Fours, is smooth like straight, and Dan Blacker's horse hit the road. Uh, uh, I think they all have shots in the Breeders' Cup mile. I. I don't think. You know, I think Mo Fours is obviously going to be favored over the other two, but you might get great value, and that race a lot of times comes down to trip. So uh, the Southern California Mile Contingent Turf Turf Mile—they don't call it the Turf Mile. 
for all you people listening. Just the mile. Just the mile. Then they have the dirt mile. Uh, I is, I think that's going to be a really good race, don't you? And I think, I oh, can I, can I talk about one more? I'm going to steal Dr. your Scheibel. thumb. Dr. Scheibel with the freaking reins breaking. What the hell happened there? Michelle, explain that okay. to the people. So basically, <laughs> I did not hear this straight from Mark Glatt, but I'm going to go ahead and say he had a brand new bridle on, right? It's a great big race day. You want to put a brand new bridle on and the leather looked like it just like popped out of the keeper. Um, and going down the backside, if you watch the head on, I highly encourage you to go back and watch the head on. Uh, you can see the Flavian pulls the rein. So he only has the left rein attached to the horse. Now he has the right rein in his hand. He looks over at Abel well, and he sw- waves the rein at him. Like, no, he, no. Hey, look at this. Hold on. I'm going to take you back. Okay. Cause I, I was standing with Pratt and Abel like the next day and we were talking about it. And apparently Pratt was screaming at Abel. Like, yeah. hey, 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 like I'm in, you know, I, uh, the rain, the rain, something like that. Yeah. And Abel was like, you know, F you, I'm not letting you through the rail. And Pratt was like, no, no, hell, you know, I'm, I don't have the rain. Like, so, <laughs> and then Abel, I guess what, that's why he showed it to him when he, when he kind of went up on the inside of him, because right. that's why he was screaming at him. So it was two well, jocks kind of race when you didn't know, I was like, what is Pratt doing? This horse is like on key today. And yeah. then like when he shoots through the rail and he's like scraping the rail, yeah. I was like, damn Pratt like where are you going right now and that's that horse hadn't worked all that great he's like kind of lazy in the mornings yeah um so watching him like squeeze up like that I was like holy cannoli but the whole maybe thing maybe they found a new running style for Dr. Sh- right but the whole <laughs> thing what's amazing to me and this has been like the year of Pratt right he rides Hot Rod Charlie yeah. he rides this horse he rides for Chad Brown now domestic spending so many it's like the year of Pratt but like what I found amazing was the balance and how he was able oh, to yeah. to balance on that horse with one rein, and then if you watch in the right at the winner uh, the finish line, and after on the gallop out, he reached up and kind of grabbed the the blinkers. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Back up to even that going down the lane. Pratt is sitting down riding. Yeah. So he's not even like, okay, he's not even sweating the fact that he's only got one rein to stop the horse eventually, right? right? He is riding. <laughs> right. He switches sticks. It is amazing. And then he switches sticks again, still riding. It's amazing. It's like, I don't think people realize, A, how hard it is to switch sticks, but B, to do it when you have like only one rein and the other one, like, because a lot, flopping. you know, you've seen some people drop a rein where like you see him at the wire and the right. one rein is super loose because they switch sticks and they messed up, right? Right. Like, that was crazy. Cojones. Yeah, it was crazy. No, it was crazy. I have one more. I, here's here's a race. That was amazing. Here's a race that I really want to see, too. You ready for this one? Yeah. I want to see Echo Zulu against Ain't oh. Easy. Because yeah. I think both of those Phillies are special, obviously. I mean, it, Echo Zulu has been brilliant, and I feel like Ain't Easy in her two races has been brilliant. And I think those two kind of the East Coast, West Coast, two-year-old Phillies coming together, you know, something right. like that, you know, I think that'll be And cool. I mean, it's kind of like big name brand and right. like home, t- you know what I mean? No, it's like, like Joey Platt. We're two no, different I mean, dynamics. It's great, though. It's I mean, I, I, Joey Platt and I have become, become good friends, and he's obviously in the Phil D'Amato barn, who is one of our trainers. So I will obviously be rooting for uh, Ain't Easy in that spot, uh, but... I have great respect for Winchell and Steve Asmussen, uh, who is amazing, by the way. Um, we, we we probably missed his big win, like when he won. No, we talked about that. That was that was like a year ago. I'm completely <laughs> flabbergasted right now. I'm ex- we haven't done this in a while. This takes like a lot of breath. It does. I feel like I have horrible breath right now. Oh, I'm glad I'm not by you then. No, no. Um. All right, where else? So we have the Breeders' Cup coming up. We have opening weekend at Keeneland. We have like a bunch of winning your ends at Keeneland this weekend. Um, obviously, we've talked a little bit about the Santa Anita winning your ends. This whole this weekend is kind of the last Breeders' Cup prep weekend, right, Michelle? Yeah. And and so uh, um, you know it's important to uh, to keep an eye on it and then start studying. Is there is there a horse, Michelle? And this, you're not prepared for this. Is there a horse you you feel that's like? kind of like sneaky or under the radar for Breeders Cup for the gamblers out there that you think might be a big price that has impressed you? Ooh, that's a great question. Should we maybe that should be uh, our our Twitter question of the week. Why don't we start Yeah, that? that's a good Yeah, you should uh, yeah, you start I'll it. put that in the post. Yeah, put that in the thing. Let's see we we're looking for a a nice Breeders Cup under the radar. Could it be a uh, Bear Can Man? Maybe. Maybe. I, you guys will hammer him down, I don't know. No, we just, I just hope we get in. 
Um, can I talk about what's coming up at Santa Anita this Absolutely, week? Absolutely, Michelle. Okay, so first of all, uh, Clocker's Corner is back open up for breakfast. So if you just like to come out and watch the horses in the morning, I highly recommend doing that. And we do have a four-day race week this weekend because the 11th is, I don't know, it used to be Columbus Day. I think now it's called like Indigenous People Day or something. Yeah. So we have a holiday racing anyways. So um, on Thursday... I'm sorry, Friday, we have free drink Fridays, or free Fridays and drink specials. It's not free drink Fridays. Holy cannoli, they're going to kill me in marketing. Oh, my God. Free Fridays, so I think you get in for free. And then we have drink specials. Uh, on Saturday, it is the Swing Time Stakes. We also have the Sports Lounge open, and there's going to be a Charity First Handicapping Challenge. Cool. And the Family Fun Zone is open back up in the infield. So that is both Saturday and Sunday. F.U. COVID. Um, F.U. COVID. Uh, also we have Oktoberfest trackside. So that is a ton of fun. Um, that's and... not, can I, can I pitch something at Santa Anita? Sure. October 23rd is a poker tournament at Santa Anita benefiting folds of honor. And our good friend, Greg, Greg Helm, who is, uh, one of the owners of hot rod, Charlie is very involved and they need players. It's a, a great charity poker. Oh tournament. yeah. You can go online. Uh, to Santa Anita, and it's on October 31st, um, October 3rd, I'm going to sign Ryan up Sorry. for that. October 23rd, it's trainers, it's jockeys, it's only a $300 donation, and there's so much support that goes to Folds of Honor, which is a great, great charity that Greg's involved in. So um, if you're looking, if you like poker, or you just want to hang out with a bunch of people who are in the horse racing business and play poker, please... Sun, Saturday, October 23rd, 5 p.m., $300 buy-in and includes a day at the races and the stretch run suites, a full night of No Limit uh, Texas Hold'em, drink tickets, food station, silent auction, and a challenge coin. So awesome. that's kind of cool, and I, I think people <clears throat> should sign up for that. Maybe we should we could, we could post that. And also, um, Michelle, it, yes. we, there was something that uh, uh, oh, our boss wanted what? to talk about. Pete. Your boss? Pete, or our my boss. boss. I call Pete our boss. Oh, our boss. Yeah, what was that? What what did we need to talk about? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, if if you had prepped me for that, no, I, I have it. I have. Oh, it. you have it. Yeah, okay. it's the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation on October twenty first for a horse show like no other. We could you uh you can gather your friends and family at eight o'clock Eastern for a live stream to hear, feel, and see the profound impact that retired racehorses of the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation have made on countless lives through the TRF Second Chances Program at the Lowell Correctional Institution in Ocala, Florida. Visit trfinc.org for more information. All right. How about that? And but, finally, Monday yeah. for the holiday racing. Oh, holiday it's racing. dollar beers, dollar sodas, and two dollar hot dogs two i'm gonna tell you something those goddamn two dollar hot dogs are incredible i know <laughs> they're so good i mean i seriously I don't know why eat either so yeah. many of those all the time it is it is crazy what do you um, put on your hot dog i do i load it i'm a loader i like ketchup so mustard like relish, relish and everything yeah. oh ketchup, mustard relish. relish onions anything they have really yeah I, I would not have taken you for that, actually. Really? What would you think? Yeah. I'm just like a ketchup guy? Ketchup mustard guy? Yeah. Oh, no. Come actually, may, aren't you from Chicago? Maybe there's like just mustard. No, <laughs> like, but Michelle, do you want to hear something what, really What do funny? they do in Chicago for their hot dogs? It's like mustard and like this weird relish and like tomatoes. It's, it's There's something strange. It's like something no, strange. No, I just, it's something strange. Hey, um, I want to thank everybody who in the last three weeks have reached out to me and said, uh, where's your show? <laughs> Michelle, I can't tell you how many people are you. Did you guys quit the show? And I'm like, no, we we just took a break. We're back. We're here. So thank we you to all the listeners. During thank you to all the listeners. Uh, we really appreciate it. We appreciate all our sponsors at Santa Anita and Del Mar, and especially Taylor Made Stallions. Uh, we have a new commercial that's going to come out today for Taylor Made that you've probably already heard because that was in the middle of the show. But Michelle and I are going to record it right now. So. um Anyway, thanks to everybody, Michelle. Thanks for making the time. Thanks to CJ Johnson for coming on the show today. And we will be back next week, and we'll start our Breeders' Cup previews. Michelle, we, we got to do our killer Breeders' Cup preview show. Woohoo! we got to do something fun this year, something different. We'll make it fun. All right, okay. Michelle, we'll talk soon. Bye.